This is the Self-Taught or Not podcast with Dylan Israel and Eric Hanchett, where we teach you the do's and don'ts of software development from two software development professionals, one self-taught and one not. That's the button. All right. <laughs> so, so, all right. We are going to be talking a little bit about what boot camp's not right for you, which I'm a big fan of the sort of double negative. Before we do that, um, we like to talk a little bit about ourselves, a little bit about what we're up to, and a little bit about some of the cool projects that we have because, I, you know, side projects are a major part. And from what we were just talking about before we started this podcast, it sounds like you are going to partake in a, a new one. Yeah, yeah. So I've been kind of going back and forth of what side projects I want to do next. I've been thinking about creating a view course, which I've started, but you know, I, I still might do in the future. By the time you listen to this, I might have a view course out. But I'm really interested in boot camps. Uh, kind of goes uh, hand in hand with the topic that we're talking about today. So I've uh, I'm looking to create a fully featured website. In fact, if you go to it, it's devbootcamp.io. It's uh, by the time you listen to this, I'll have at least a, a landing page up so you can put your email address in. But this website's all going to be about what boot camps are. I'll be displaying a bunch of different. Uh, boot camps that are out there giving the pricing information about them i'm looking to get user reviews and also i want to kind of open this up to the community so i'm looking to open source it get some more feedback so if you're a developer and you want to join in a fun project i'll be sharing this uh, open source this up on github so just to get more feedback on you know what boot camps are like where you should go how much how much they cost and then also some things on uh, like recommended courses that you should do before you start a boot camp so that's all going to be on this website. I got a lot of cool plans for it. I'm really excited. So yeah, uh, that that's what I'm working on, devbootcamp.io. Very nice. And so for me, yeah, for me, I uh, if any of you have been checking out my my YouTube channel, um, I have been a degenerate coding out a full stack web application from start to finish uh, called uh, Video Dev Docs, uh, which will be available at videodevdocs.com when it goes out. And the premise of that is really building a sort of a W3 schools, but video based starting with JavaScript. And uh, it's been a lot of fun because I've been not only handling the deployments, but the front end, the back end, the UI UX, the whole deal. And I have been putting in a ridiculous amount of time. Even if you were to follow the live streams, just what I have live streamed on the channel, I think we're up to episode 36 and they're averaging two hours a piece. So it's, uh, you know, it's getting up there and I've been putting a little bit of time off off stream, uh, like as Eric and I have been talking here, I was uh, actually coding a little bit, <laughs> refactoring to include some uh, child uh, nested router outlets versus um, just lazy loaded routes. And so just making sure that it's a production level application and uh, really excited by that. And then, you know, all the craziness that goes along with uh, just uh, working the job, this, uh, this typical job, which, uh, yeah. So, uh, but that's not what we're here to talk about. So uh, enough of our shameless promotions. And, uh, you know, today we are going to be talking about coding boot camps and definitely been one of those things that uh, maybe 10 years ago, 15 years ago, you might have had some people that were looking at it like it was BitConnect and be scheme, like screaming, that's a scam, you know. <laughs> uh, but nowadays it's it's been one of those things that have shown their, at least in my opinion, that um, there are at least several legitimate ones of how you can go and sort of make a transition or start your career even. 
I remember first time I heard about boot camps, I was thinking the same thing, like, this looks like a scam. How can you teach someone to program in six weeks, 12 weeks and be at the level that people that had to go and get computer science degrees or spent hundreds of hours teaching themselves? But uh, I've been impressed. You know, I've, you know, they've gotten better and better over the years. And it's definitely a legitimate way to start your career as a developer is to go to these coding boot camps, which is awesome. Yeah, we should talk a little bit about what, like when we say coding boot camp, for those of you who may just be a little bit unfamiliar or maybe just have a, a base level understanding. But, you know, um, so self taught or not, right? We started this sort of podcast with the idea that, hey, we're both developers, but. Um, you know, in a traditional sense, the traditional developer goes and gets like a, a computer science degree, and then there's the self-taught route, and then there's nowadays a, this coding boot camp route, where depending on the boot camp, it's going to be anywhere from three to like nine months, and um, you know that those nine month nine months ones are a little bit more recent uh, in terms of scope, but it's there to sort of take you from zero to junior at the end of the day, in my eyes, and um, to Typically, they'll be teaching you full stack JavaScript, um, but it's it's a full time commitment. You somewhere sometimes it's between like ten and twenty thousand dollars. All sort of depends, but really it's a it's a education process to ramp you up as to teach you some skills you don't have really that are in demand in the job market. And that's what's really nice about it. You're taking years of education that you would have gotten if you went to a four year degree or got a computer science degree, and they're condensing it down into like you said, sometimes three months, sometimes nine month program where you're just, you're just fed all this information quickly and you just know the skills you need to get out there. And I, I like it um, for especially those people that if you've done self-taught, I mean, Dylan's gone through this where he's pretty much taught everything himself. Uh, it's, it's not for everyone. Some people just can't do that. It's, it's just hard. It's, you don't have the right mentorship. You don't have, um, it's hard to, without having someone give you a deadline it's hard to keep on deadlines and tracks but with a, a coding boot camp you know someone it's a lot of hand holding like instructors are going to teach you they're going to check up on you you have deadlines you're going to be fed exactly what you need to get started and i think that's really what's so appealing for these coding boot camps yeah and um i know i just did some mentoring with uh, somebody who just spent two who's in a coding boot camp and just did a two-year associates program in web development, and I I I I am a glutton to ask these things, even though I know the answer because it's very obvious he didn't learn shit <laughs> if he's going from a two-year associates program to a coding bootcamp. But oftentimes, the one of the major benefits of and a, an associate degree is much different than a bachelor's degree, but I sort of group them together in the sense that. A coding bootcamp is really focused on giving you the skills that the market demands because they make their money based off of referrals, based off people saying like, this is legit. Colleges are going to get paid one way or the other as long as you enroll. They don't care really what happens to you at the end of the day. But coding bootcamps, they are there to teach you marketable skills that employers want today so you can get up and fill that, fill that gap and I think the last stat I saw is that in the U.S. there's 50,000 new jobs in tech that are going unfilled every year, and that's still every year compounding. So, uh, you know, there's a lot of opportunity there for people who want to jump into sort of the web dev software industry. I would I'd like to say too, we're not trying to crap all over traditional education. There, I went as the name of this podcast 
one of us is not trying to crap over a traditional <laughs> education. And because I, I, de- I definitely think my four-year degree, I learned a lot on definitely there were some pluses and minuses. But yeah, boot camp is a, a sufficient way to get into the industry. So let's talk about the different types of, of boot camps. So I think we're all, I think everyone listening here and, and the traditional one we all know about is like the full stack web development one. And that's, you're usually, um, that's where it's usually three months, 12 months, and you're going to learn what probably is the most in-demand skill right now for people into tech. And that's usually web development. Let's, let's be real. No one's, no one's hiring Java developers at the rate they are hiring web developers. Yeah. And at one point when sort of coding bootcamp started, right, they were teaching Ruby on Rails, but I would say probably about 90% of them are now doing full stack JavaScript and sort of pumping them out. But um, it's, um, which is great because as someone who does full stack JavaScript, I really do think it's an easy transition from the front end to the back end, which, you know, the average learning path is for most web dev anyhow is front end then back end. Um, it's pretty, pretty exciting stuff. And I, I happen to work in it and love it. So, <laughs> yeah, we'll touch on that just real quickly. The curriculum that I see and just to Dylan's point, it's usually gone from Ruby on rails is still prevalent in a lot of boot camps for full stack, but I think full, full stack JavaScript, meaning you're using like node in the back end, usually with something like express is pretty popular. Um, SQL, you're going to learn, uh, usually for the front end framework, is React is, is, is usually the standard, although some are looking at Vue or they might give like one day of looking at other different frameworks. I've heard of that. Some still look at Python a little bit because you can learn just basic programming in Python using conditionals, if statements, things like that. And, uh, and usually job placement and also HTML, CSS, and JavaScript, of course. And job placement is usually a big part of the curriculum for any of these bootcamp courses, especially the ones that that get paid if you get a job, which we'll talk about in a minute. Let, let's talk about a few other, oh, do you have something to say, Dylan? No, no, I was uh, just looking at some of these notes on here, smiling. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so other types of boot camps is, uh, the, there's Android development boot camps, mobile development, iOS development. I think if you would wanna pick the number two job that people are going for right now in the tech industry is mobile. Mobile is still huge. I think games are probably in there too, but uh, there's definitely some gaming boot camps. I don't think those are quite as popular. A user experience design, data science is gaining a lot of popularity in the last few years. So there's data science boot camps now, cybersecurity boot camps, and which is kind of funny. You know, we talk a lot about how we're you know traditional education is lacking and it's not giving really what employers need nowadays for their tech workers, but universities a lot of universities have opened up boot camps either through extension programs or like part of their curriculum so uc san diego has a boot camp program for developers northwestern does georgia tech even mit uh, uc berkeley has an extension program so and these these programs uh, i kind of looked them up a lot of them are like 12 weeks 14 weeks like over the summer they do cost additional money some of them can be applied to your degree some of them cannot be applied to your degree. And a lot of them give you like a certificate at the end of the completion. Well, I, th- I think most boot camps give you some sort of certificate. And a lot of these university boot camps, there's like a three and four chance that they're extensions based off of uh, like Trilogy, for instance, is a very common one um, where 
I've, I have my own opinion about Trilogy. And so I've, I've actually mentored a few devs from various boot camps and the devs with the curriculum that they give particularly, I'm not super impressed with. And so like I, I, so Eric has a much better opinion of colleges than I do. Uh, I, I don't think colleges start coding boot camps because they want to help people. I think colleges start coding boot camps because they're losing revenue. And then so Trilogy came along and just started taking over all the college campuses with this subpar curriculum and just colleges started getting paid out. That's sort of what, how, what I, I, I would say if, if colleges wanted to make better programs or prepared people for the workforce, there are things they can do to their degree programs rather than to just try and take some money from coding boot camps. That's sort of my sort of opinion on this. Yeah, that, that's funny. I, I imagine that part, some of the programs are like that. And by the way, this is very US centric. I'm sure that in overseas, there's coding boot camps opening up over there. I know education's a lot cheaper outside the United States. Some countries it's free. Uh, so this, your, your, violet, your mileage may vary on these university boot camps and how well they are. Now, I've heard that too. I did, I did interview someone that I think went through the UC San Diego boot camp, and he was not impressed with it. But, you know, that, that, I don't know if that's every like, one of them or just some of them. I just remember, and I don't remember if it was Trilogy or not, but I remember the last one I looked at, and it was for some Florida university. They were teaching you WordPress. And I, <laughs> we all know how much I hate WordPress and like PHP, and like there are jobs in it, but they're on the, in terms of pay, there it's on the lower tier compared to other development roles and it the so the, the curriculum actually taught you two or three different stacks in about a six month period which i just thought was one way to overwhelm students as well and not get them to master anything and just try and hit as many check marks as they can rather than actually understand the material that's no good at all uh, okay let's let's move on to well, there's a couple of things. Let's first, I, I found this interesting survey. So I want to talk about you know, who goes to these boot camps, and then we'll talk a little bit more detail of how the process works. So this is from SwitchUp. They're a website that has a bunch of information on boot camps. So they do an annual survey every year. They, this was like 15, 2,000 people that they, that they did a sample size for. And they found out the average student was, uh, there's 62% male, about 37% female. The average age was about 31 years old. There was about 70, uh, 35% non-citizens. So there was mostly U.S. citizens in the boot camps that they surveyed. Uh, this is what I kind of found interesting, that over almost 80% of students had have a bachelor's degree, master's, or professional or doctorate degree. So a lot of people say that coding boot camps now are, is taking away from traditional education because these students normally would have gone, gone to like a post undergraduate degree, but instead they're going to coding boot camps instead. I wonder, I wonder if that number is going to go down. Cause like what these stats are telling us right now is that, Hey, I want to, I got a degree in uselessness. Is this at least is mine. <laughs> I got a degree in something that the job market doesn't value. And I want to go, let I want to go get a degree in something that I can pay off my student loans with. And as computer, as, um, as boot camps start growing and sort of respected, like even, you know, you, you and I, we're sort of balls deep in software uh, for lack of a better expression. <laughs> but like you talk to my dad about a coding boot camp, 
he's like, dude, that shit's a scam. hundred <laughs> percent waste your money. Um, but I wonder if that number is going to go down a little bit more as more and people are going to, instead of having it be sort of a backup choice, because that's really what it looks like of being maybe a first choice uh, as they become sort of more and more popular. I wonder if that's, yeah, I think that'll definitely happen. I wonder also if it's people who have these college degrees, even though they may have picked the wrong college degree, they may be higher earners than people without college degrees. Cause they said in their survey, only 4.2% had no college whatsoever that joined the programs. Um, but to your point, Dylan, also they said most of the people that had these degrees got business degrees or social sciences or physical sciences and only 12.6% actually got a CS degree. And then we're going back to boot camp. In fact, uh, my own journey at one point while I was at my last job or two jobs ago, I almost thought about, even though I had a CS degree, going to a coding boot camp because I knew it would level me up much more quickly in technologies I wasn't using every day. I was mostly a back-end dev, but I really wanted to learn the front end. So I even considered it at one point. Yeah, I, I did too, but not necessarily because I wanted to learn anything. I just thought it was going to be fun. Like the, the idea of like going, to, especially with one of these boot camps that has housing where you could just sort of be there and live and sort of, because I never had like the dorm experience or anything like that. And just say like, yeah, let's just hack some shit out for three months. Like that just seemed like a great time to me. It's like watching the social network movie and you're like, wow. And seeing the college scenes and how crazy those were. And you're like, wow, this is how programming is about making billions of dollars and, yeah. and drinking all night and doing hackathons. Hang, it, hanging out with the Napster guy. <laughs> hanging out with Sean Fanny. By the way, spoiler alert, that's not how it was for my college experience, by the way. And being a programmer is not that way. LimeWire was around then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I remember when when everyone was on Napster downloading and then the studio started flooding Napster with like fake MP3s and fake music. So you would download it and it would just be like the humming sound for three minutes. And, and then Metallica, I I yeah, Metallica got involved in all this sort of stuff and basically helped shut it down. Exactly. And then everybody moved over to Kazaa and LimeWire and all the other not so great uh, sharing programs back then. Anyways, I digress. So uh, this, this survey was really interesting. I thought it was uh, that, you know, people are, are getting into this that they have more education. I didn't know that. And then also most bootcamp alumni or most boot people entering a bootcamp only have zero to 50 hours of experience. So as you expect, they really do cater towards new people. And uh, for people attending bootcamps in person, there's ones that are online and then in person, most people are going to New York or San Francisco. And it's usually 80-20 rule. 80, well, excuse me. Let me repeat that. 80% of people who went into these programs were placed into a job that actually got a, a software development job after they graduated, while 20% were still looking. So it's always like one out of five people who couldn't figure it out. That's actually higher than I thought it was going to be because I've talked with a lot of people who've gone to boot camps and about I, I would have thought it would have been closer to 50-50 because like on paper, a coding boot camp is like, oh, well, I'll pay ten dollars to $20,000 and I'll get this $60,000 job that's going to go to 100000 in no time. That sounds like a great deal. So like anytime you have a good opportunity, you have some people who are looking to cheat the system and like you can't really, you, the boot camp isn't going to be what's going to make you successful. It's the effort you put into it. And so I was actually expecting that to be much higher than, than it was. 
Yeah. Yeah. I was pleasantly surprised too. I would think that there would be more dropouts and, you know, we, we, we don't know if they're including every single person that signed up and never even started, or is this people that have at least been in the program for three weeks? You know, we don't know from these stats. I, it, it could be lower for sure. And it's always a tricky thing to like, when, when you join a coding bootcamp or a program like this, it does take a ton of ton of effort and, and you have to work really hard. But I always wonder when, when, when you put the onus on the person that's taking the coding bootcamp versus the coding bootcamp themselves. If someone fails a coding bootcamp, is it because they didn't put enough effort in or is it because the coding bootcamp's curriculum was awful or they didn't have the right job placement or, or what so, but, or, or something in between. It's really hard to determine like why a student fails at bootcamp unless they just literally you know, quit after a couple of days. Let's move on to preparing for boot camp. So if this all sounds amazing to you and you wanted to join, I know your girlfriend Dylan is joining a boot camp very shortly. Uh, what kind of preparation does she need to do before she starts? Prep one, make sure you have a sugar daddy that can pay for said boot camp and make sure pay the bills while you're focused full time. She's going to hate that I said that, uh, but the, the, uh, that's a, that's a joke, baby. If you listen to this, uh, but uh, yeah, no. Um, so this has been something that, so a lot of boot camps nowadays will actually give you prep work to get up and going before you attend them. Uh, it's usually going to cover HTML, CSS, JavaScript fundamentals. I would highly recommend that you really focus in on that JavaScript portion because that's going to be the stuff that if you've never programmed before, you have to really reprogram your brain. So uh, when I was doing the same thing, except non-bootcamp, I just did everything I could ever get my hands on JavaScript. I was doing free code camp JavaScript, section, code academy, Udacity free JavaScript courses, YouTube free JavaScript courses, and start building things. And I think the best thing though, is once you get up and running, is those algorithms, those very basic algorithms where reverse a string and fizz buzz, because that actually forces you to start problem solving. And that you know, I would say, I tell people when, if you're thinking of going to a boot camp, you need to prep for the boot camp three to six months because instead of going in at level zero, you'll go in at level three and then you'll double how good you are because you're already, you can hit the ground running. And they, part of their admission process is they'll do an interview with you. They'll figure out how much experience you have and they'll kind of push you in the right direction for this preparation, right? Yeah. And not all boot camps are like that. So the, what I consider the good boot camps don't accept everybody uh, because they want to make sure because boot camps live by, hey, we have a high job placement rate and we don't want to just accept every schmuck that's going to drop out two weeks in. So a lot, of, a lot of the good ones will have a barrier of entry where they'll say, hey, you need to do our prep work and then you need to take a challenge and you'll be interviewed before then to even see if they want to give you that and what's your motivation, all that sort of stuff. But um, typically you'll have some challenges to get into the boot camp in, in not like a traditional sense, like, oh, I'm trying to get out of poverty or something. The challenge is like an actual coding challenge and some prep work uh, before you can even be accepted. So a huge red flag is if you can't even make it through the preparation before you start the boot camp, you're probably not ready for the boot camp. I've also heard of people who've just dropped down in the middle of boot camps because they just dislike it and it's not for everyone. It's just because it, it, it is intense though when you start. Let's, let's, let's jump over to that. What should we expect? Let's say you go through the, the preparation, you do the interviews with the coding bootcamp, you pass all their tests, you, you finally start. We already talked about the coding bootcamps could be between 12 weeks, they could be up to 36 weeks, could be up to like nine months, some of them. Some of them are eight to five. 
some of them are online and then some of them are remote. And I know some of the remote ones, I think I saw like a Lambda school. That's another company that offers these, these online coding boot camps. They had like a part-time program that was 18 months long. Was yeah. Like, wow. So I think so. That's, that's actually the one that April is doing. Um, not to give Lambda school any free promotion because they didn't sponsor this podcast. Shame on you, <laughs> Lambda school. Uh, <laughs> try and get paid. No. Uh, but yeah, so she's, uh, she, that's what she's doing. And so the, she, her program is full-time nine months, 40 hours a week. So that's, that's quite a commitment. That's a full-time job for nine months out of the year. And not to mention the, the two or three months of prep going into it. So by the end of it, you'll have spent a full year in this sort of, really this sort of bubble of a new world for yourself. Because if you're going from a non-software background into something like this, you're diving in and it's just going to, you know, it's going to be quite a bit. I wonder how much of that is at the end of the program is job placement and interview prep. Like I think that's a pretty big part of it right at the end after they teach you all these skills. God, I, I, uh, I didn't look at her, at her syllabus. Um, but I, I would imagine it's going to be the last two to four weeks would be a lot of it. Now, what do you think about remote versus online uh, remote versus on site on site? Excuse me. What do you, what do you think about those? So I would say by and large, a lot of people. So part of the reason you go to a coding bootcamp is because, and you don't go the self-taught route is there is part of that is that you want somebody there to take your answers and you want somebody to take your questions. And part of that is you, it's a little bit easier for most people can't hold themselves fully accountable so that it helps to have, you know, a team and a group and you sort of hold yourself kind of like a gym buddy sort of thing. And I, so I would recommend most people go on site if they can, but I think if you're the right type of individual, you would like, you can, you're willing to reach out and you're going to struggle and you're going to do it. And you know, that you can be very successful with online. She happens to live with a senior developer. So if she gets stuck, I'll be happy to, to give her some advice. Um, but you know, I, I do think it really depends on who you are and be open and honest about it. Cause one of the th- one things that people like to do is they like to lie about who they are. And you know, it's a, it's a rough thing to say to yourself, like I am not mature enough to commit myself nine months, 40 hours a week and really commit myself without somebody else sort of keeping tabs on me. And I think uh, if that's where you feel you fall into, um, then you should probably go on site versus online. I think too, with on site, there is a part of any schooling. And I, when I was in an, an MBA program, they said, make sure you get to know the people around you. Make sure you get to know the people in your classes because the networking you can do inside a program like this will be invaluable for you moving on. And so they really recommended to go to all the events and everything that was happening in the program. And that's something that I, you know, definitely helped me out. One of the job I'm at now was from somebody I knew. Um, well, I would say I knew that they worked there and they kind of gave me some advice, but it helped me get the job I'm in now somewhat. So the, yeah, I would say if you're on site, you could probably make some connections to, with the other students, with the instructors, although you can do that online and I'm sure the online programs have study groups and things like that, but I don't think it's quite as powerful as being right next to somebody. Yeah. And, but you should definitely try and to your point about networking is any developer that you've worked with that you've been impressed by, 
or you've enjoyed, you can pretty much, you know, all our workplaces nine times out of 10 are hiring. So like if Eric wanted to come work with me, I'd give him a recommendation and his, 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 he'd still have to get the job on his own, but his resume go top of the stack. They're going to call him tomorrow and you know, vice versa. So you should really take that opportunity online, on site, whatever it is, and try to create those study groups, try to get to know each other. And like, it's a little harder online because you have to be, you're not physically there in person, but you try and create, you know, make some connections because wherever, you know, that your these colleagues of yours end up, you never know how they're going to help your career down the road. Let's move on to tuition. So I think this is a really big topic. It's, it's something that is sort of a negative and maybe a positive when you're talking about boot camps. So there is, I would, I'm going to break this up into really three different areas. So when you're talking about a boot camp, we all know we just said it. You can get some really cheap boot camps that are under five thousand, but I would be very suspicious about that. Most are probably between eight thousand to closer to twenty or even thirty thousand dollars for their programs, and that seems like a lot of money. So there's three ways of people that usually pay for these boot camps. One is <coughs> to traditional, just you pay for it. <laughs> you save up the twenty thousand dollars, the fifteen thousand dollars, and then usually they have payments due at certain times. You might have to pay, either pay it all up front or maybe half up front and then half at a certain point time later in the program. And then a lot of them are non-refundable too. Then you can get financing for this in unlike traditional school though, you can't get like subsidized loans that they don't exist for boot coding boot camps, but there's a lot of lenders out there that specifically target people going to boot camps and coding boot camps. And usually they work like a traditional loan you'd expect. They have to be, um, usually they're one or two year loans. You have a certain interest rate that you have to pay back and then the payments are due uh, at certain time periods. You, usually it's not like five, 10 years. Some of them you can defer until after you graduate before you make the first payment for your, your loan. But there is a lot of companies coming into the space targeting people. But usually it's, I've only seen about two, two to three years your payment timeline of when you have to pay back the money. And that could be a lot of money if it's $20,000 and you have to make like a $500 payment every month. There are scholarships, especially for underrepresented minorities, uh, people of color, women. There's tons of scholarship opportunities. I know Hack Reactor has a big program. You can also sponsor other people. So a lot of people that have gone through the programs will come back and sponsor uh, people to go through these programs. Yeah. Guys like you and me, we don't get sponsorships, so <laughs> no qualify. Nope, nope, uh, nope, we don't. So, uh, so you might be able to get that. It's pretty rare I've seen though the scholarships. I've seen some boot camps offer scholarships, and they'll maybe have people apply and they pick out maybe five, but they literally get tens of thousands sometimes of people applying for these scholarships. Yeah, and, and depending on the boot camp, uh, every boot camp. I shouldn't say every, but most boot camps will have their own scholarships where not only is it, you know, um, just going for like minorities or women, but there's veterans uh, uh, scholarships as well. And so there's oftentimes scholarships that you can apply to and write essays for and stuff like that. So like in my case, if I was to, before I was a developer, I was doing it, I'd probably write about how, I'm, you know, trying to transition for, uh, and there's some scholarships even for people who are literally going from a computer science program, dropping out and going to a coding bootcamp. I've seen uh, scholarships for that. So there's, there's quite a bit of different sponsorships. It's not all just based on, um, you know, um, 
some sort of looks and and gender defying and 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 race so uh, check it out because uh, depending on whatever boot camp you look at because they get quite creative now the the last part of of financing that you might be able to do for your tuition is income sharing agreements and this is a version of deferred tuition payments so they usually the way it works um you have some, sometimes you have some money up front, sometimes there's no money up front. And then they, they really groom you through the whole program to get a job. And then when you finally get a job, they take a percentage of your income. This is where the sharing part comes in for a certain period of time. So for example, you might get your first job out of your coding bootcamp, might be a $50,000 a year job they're gonna take up to like maybe let's say 20%. Every single paycheck will be taken out of, of your payment and that will be given to the boot camp, up to usually a cap. Um, so let's say like maybe $30,000 and that will go on for two to three years. And that has some benefits and some problems with it too. Um, what, what do you think about that, Dylan? Yeah, so this is something April and I um, sat down and started uh, discussing about what would be best for our situation. Because although I could pay for it cash, um, at the same time I want my money right now. So it's, uh, uh, but um, one thing I like about income sharing agreements is I like the confidence that boot camps have and the selectiveness of it. Meaning that they're not just going to pay for you to go through their program and accept everybody. Oftentimes, they're going to have a very selective process, and that means that they're they're think they're very confident in the curriculum that they're teaching. Which is why a lot of these income sharing programs are about nine months versus sort of the three to four month range. And in this case, I, I do think that um, sort of the and I, I'll just talk about Lambda School because that's what I'm most familiar with. That's what's going on. This They take 17% for two years. And I think that's probably fair. You're probably going to realistically pay out if you don't end up in like San Francisco, Seattle, or New York, probably around $20,000, um, which is what you can pay up front for the same thing. But I, I do think that it's, um, I, think it's, I think it's fair. That's what I like about income sharing agreements. So I think it's fair is saying, hey, oftentimes, you get your first dev job, then you can start paying us back. But while you're here, go ahead and, and, and work and study and study and study. And you don't necessarily have to save up because when you're trying to transition careers, saving up 20 grand, 10 grand, that's a hard thing to ask when you're delivering pizzas. Like that's like, it's an almost impossible task. Um, and on that income sharing agreement, you're not paying interest also. So you take the financing option, which you're like, okay, well, it have been $20,000 financing, but then I'm paying what amount of interest. So I'm, I'm very pro income sharing agreements. I think a lot of other industries as these, I think in a perfect world, we have a lot, we have a lot more technical schools that could maybe take advantage of this model. And I think you'd have a lot more people be willing to try and transition into more productive careers. So I, I really like them a lot. So like back in the day when all these companies, these for-profit schools came out, there was a really a big disconnect from the outcome of the students and what they paid to get it. So you would hear about these schools that would open up and these kids would be getting like a $100,000 loan to go through this two-year accelerated program for this for-profit <laughs> school. Uh, and then like University of Phoenix, for example, and then they would graduate and then they would have this huge student loan payment 
and they wouldn't get a job that could easily pay off this payment and they would be screwed. And there was no way that the outcome of the students after they graduated was ever tied into the tuition that they made. And in fact, if you know anything about the student loan program in the United States, a lot of those loans, you can't declare bankruptcy on. Like, so you have them forever. It's the only, t- it's the only type of loan that bankruptcy does not allow you to do, which is why they'll be willing to lend you pretty much whatever amount of money that you want to go to school for. So it's really bad deal for a lot of these students. So I really like the concept of let's put our money where our mouth is. We'll, we'll only get paid if you get a job based on what you learned here. So which that, yeah, I totally agree with you on that. I will say there is some terms and conditions that you might want to check. So with everything with these ISAs, you want to leave, read the fine details of the contract that you sign. So some caveats you may want to be aware of is some require some ISAs require you to get and accept the first job offer that you receive. So it gives the student less chance of kind of looking around. So you might have to accept that first job offer. You might need to put down a deposit. Um, I know Lambda doesn't have any, but I know a lot of schools, you need to put down at least a 1000 or $2,000 um, before you can even get into the program. Some have caps on the total amount paid back. So for example, um, you might have to pay, you might have a cap of $30,000. That means, let's say you go through this coding bootcamp and you are amazing and you work in San Francisco and you get $110,000 salary right out of your coding bootcamp. Well, in that two-year period, you're paying 17 or 20% of your salary, which... Uh, that's, that's gross also. No, that's not post-tax. Just <laughs> keep that in mind. So over two years, it was at $40,000 because you're 11000 for 10000 Yeah, it could be a lot of money. If you, some boot camps will say, I'm not, gonna, I'm not going to take more than $30,000 from you. Some boot camps don't have a cap at all. So you might end up spending $40,000 on a boot camp. So that's crazy. Well, so I always think of it this way, like, and I, by the way, I think there should be caps, but for the ones that don't have caps, more power to you. If your boot camp's making it so that you went from making 30,000 to 110,000, then get whatever 20% you can, right? Like, what do you care as a developer? You're, You're laughing straight to the bank if that's how you've transitioned your sort of career. That's a good way to think about it too. You can also check like what happens if you don't find a job within a time period. Most of them will be okay with it. Some of them might come back after you for like they won't give back your deposit or they will ask you to keep applying and there might be some consequences if you don't find a job after getting uh, that after after graduating from the boot camp. Which is in 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 my opinion fair. Like you essentially enter into a contract. You're saying I am going here to become a software engineer. And then if you say, hey, thanks for all the the year of learning, (laughs) but I've decided I don't want to do that anymore and you're never going to get paid because of it. That's like, I can understand why companies might come after you for that. You also want to check to see if the total amount that you'll be paid is less than a traditional loan plus interest. That's going to be really hard because you don't know if you're going to go and come out of school and get a $60,000 job or maybe $80,000 job. But if you look at the time over the investment of money over the time period of two years versus how much you're going to put together, what you have put, put out now, it might be better to just pay the money now. And then some require you to put X amount 
of resumes a week, no matter what. Some there's some stipulations that some boot camps, like as soon as you graduate, you have to submit five resumes a day, and then you have to. They usually have like an online system that you have to go and submit. Like, yes, I did these. Here are the five companies. Here is where they are. Um, some some boot camps have a whole like system to track all their students and how many resumes they put out, and you'll get dinged. There's probably some consequences. I'm not sure if you don't follow their guidelines after you graduate. And that can be kind of annoying and, and not, not perfect. So uh, I'm going to wrap it up here, but we've, we've kind of already talked about Lambda a lot, but there's hundreds of boot camps. Um, for example, App Academy, their one is you pay a $5,000 deposit. Then when you find a job, um, you have to pay $23,000 back within a certain time period. So they don't necessarily take the money out of your paycheck. They just give you a time frame for you to pay them. And there's General Assembly. So so they have a lot and a lot of these have different payment plans too. Like they one of the more popular ones is they have a 40 you have to make a job making more than forty thousand dollars a year and then they'll take a uh, 10% out of your job uh out what whatever job you get for up to 48 months. We already talked about Lambda Thinkful they have a $1,000 deposit, and then they have 15% of your income on your job earning more than $40,000 a year for three years with a repayment cap of $28,000. A lot of these repayment, repayment caps are set around $30,000, so you never have to pay more than $30,000. On a side note, I think uh, I didn't occur to me until we sort of got to the end of our, our thing here that I, I should mention I am very pro boot camp. I'm sponsored by boot camps on the YouTube channel, but that's not why I'm pro, pro boot camp. But I just wanted to say that at the end here, uh, before someone it goes in the comment section calling me a shill, uh, but uh, or that I'm uh, just sharing that conflict of interest, right? Are we? I don't think we're big time enough to be talking about conflicts of interest, but just so I feel like I'm on the clean slate here. Yeah, and I think we've both we've all outlined the the good things about boot camps, the bad things about boot camps. You know the income sharing agreements, how much you're going to pay. So I think we've had a well-rounded episode, and and, I, and I'm also interested in boot camps. I'm, for the most part, pro boot camps as long as you understand what you're signing up for and and what's out there. Yeah, and like one of the cool things about boot camps, and like people ask me all the time, like Dylan, if you didn't go the self-taught route and you knowing what you know now, what would you probably do? Well, I probably would have gone into, you know, I probably would have tried to be self-taught from 18 to 20. I don't know if I would have had the maturity to do it, but I would think like one great path a lot of people can take is they can go to a boot camp, And then when you go and start working for some of these big companies, like my, my work will pay, you know, six, $7,000 a year for you to go back to school. So like some of you who are interested, like you could start your career in a boot camp and then transition to go get a, you know, a bachelor's and a master's for other than your time for free. Oftentimes they're very low because you know, these companies want to keep you on board and, there's incentives for companies to do that. So it doesn't have to be a one or the other thing, as we notice with the 80% of people going, you know, from the PhD masters and the uh, bachelors to a boot camp. That's a good point. Your work, oftentimes there's a government program that will help businesses encourage people to go to school. So they'll have some tuition reimbursement. And a lot of companies offer tuition reimbursement. You could probably do that with the coding boot camp as well. And by the way, if you're playing the drinking along game, try to take a shot every time you said boot camp this episode. It'll be gone. Might be dead. know <laughs> 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 what you're taking shots of. Um, all, all right. right. I, I think that's, that's all I got. All right, bye. <laughs> bye. 
Hey guys, thanks for watching. If you want to find more about what I'm up to, go to dylanisrael.com. And if you want to know what I'm up to, you can check out my website at eric.video. If you haven't already, please leave us a five-star review on iTunes. It really helps us out. And if you do, you might even be featured on our next episode. Don't forget to check out the website at selftaughtornot.com. From there, you can sign up for a mailing list where we give away free courses and a bunch of cool stuff. And we'll also let you know when the next episode comes out. And finally, if you didn't know, we have a Facebook group. It's called Code Tech and Caffeine. We have over 10,000 members and you can find the link at selftaughtornot.com. So come join us. We have tons of developers willing to help you guys, mentor you guys. Check it out. Just make sure you go to selftaughtornot.com and check out the Code Tech and Caffeine link. Thanks and take care.